Welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 124th episode, our returning guest is Ash Burgess. You first heard Ash Burgess on episodes 16, 26, 27, 39, 58, 63, 77, 86, 91, and episode 82 also featured regular guest Jonathan Fowler of the podcast. Most recently, she was on episode 100, in which she turned the tables and interviewed me. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies and an appetite for both high and low culture. She strives to celebrate the best of every season with her young children. Follow her on Instagram at www.instagram.com forward slash Ash Burgess. That's A-S-H-B-U-R-G-E-S-S. And subscribe to her YouTube channel. I'll put the link in the show notes. And now on to the show. Welcome to the Rob Burgess Show, by the way. Oh, thank you. Sorry, were you saying that to me or to You're the, you're the only one here, but yes. <laughs> also Am to I the people the listening. <laughs> well, in, uh, in their minds, they can hear us too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So we should probably explain what we're doing. Well, um, right now we're eating clam chowder that I just made using a recipe from Chrissy Teigen's new cookbook, Cravings 2. And we're also crossing off an item from our fall bucket list because one of the things I've put on there is that I wanted to learn how to make at least one new kind of soup. I think I'm going to have to up that because we've actually been doing such a good job crossing things off our list that I'm going to maybe have to add some more to the list. So I think I might have to learn how to make a couple of new kinds of soups since we've already done this one and it's worked out so well. I feel like this really just tastes like Thanksgiving in a bowl, doesn't it? What about it says Thanksgiving to you? I think there are two things about it that say Thanksgiving to me. Um, thing number one is that when I was cooking it, I basically used ingredients that I use other times of year, but not usually together. But I use, use usually would use ingredients together in that way around Thanksgiving time. Like I had to make a roux, and I don't usually make a roux um, when I'm cooking. Now, what's the, what is a roux? Explain that. I've heard. I, it's I think just I kind of like a toasted flour, sort of a base for mm. you know a soup or a gravy, and I pretty much only do that for Thanksgiving when I'm making the Thanksgiving gravy, mm. the toasted flour, and you know I kind of start start my gravy base with that. Um, so that was very Thanksgiving-ish, and I think just the combination of the carrots and the celery and the onions and the potatoes, that, that all says Thanksgiving to me, and kind of cooking them. And the I think also the decadent use of just, there was a lot of butter in here. There's also some bacon fat and some heavy cream. And I, I do use butter pretty regularly, but I don't normally make bacon that often, and I pretty much never cook with heavy cream. So that definitely says Thanksgiving to me. Um, I think beyond all that, for some reason, my family always, and my original family, by which I mean my, like, original set of parents before, like, divorce and everything, would always have clam chowder on the holiday table, so for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and they didn't make the chowder themselves, it was from a can, but we never had clam chowder any other time of year, but so to me, it's like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas, like, holiday table side dish. But also the other soups that you make... Are generally clear soups. Yes, and I mean, there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, 
like I mentioned before, I mean, I don't usually cook with that much heavy cream, but also I tend to be suspicious of cloudy foods. So this was actually really an adventure for me to cook this because I don't usually cook cloudy foods. And this is, I mean, clam chowder, what, what is cloudier? And I also don't really cook that much seafood. So to make a cloudy seafood dish was really, you know, striking out in new territory for me. I was honestly surprised you suggested it. I mean, I got the cookbook and... Which cookbook? It's the uh, Cravings 2, it's uh, Chrissy Teigen's new cookbook. Mm -hmm. Which I was really excited to get because I have and love her first cookbook. Um... And for some reason, though, and I don't know if this is intentional or just coincidental or maybe it's just the mindset I'm in right now, but I feel like a lot of the recipes in this book kind of were making me think more of the holiday table. Like There are a few things. Maybe it is just because there are a lot of, you know, cravings. They're very decadent type of recipes that I wouldn't necessarily think of making at normal times of year. But there's definitely a lot of things that I was kind of thinking, I'll test this out, and if it's good, this could be, a, you know on for Thanksgiving or Christmas or something. Hmm. But anyway, so like I said before, learning to make at least one, but now I'm going to say at least two new kinds of soup was mm -hmm. on my fall bucket list. So we're cross crossing that one off and mm -hmm. deliciously, I think, you know, if I, if I do say so myself. Although I think you'd be a better judge because I'm obviously biased. Although I don't know because am I biased because I made this so of course I think it's great or am I more likely to be very critical because that's what I always tend to do I feel like. If you'll always tell me I shouldn't be so critical because I'll serve you things and I'm always like but this should have been different or but something went wrong and you're always telling me I shouldn't tell you mm. and that you wouldn't know. Mm. Isn't that right? Yeah, but I've, I feel like I have a less refined palate than you do. But with, you know, how, however refined your palate is or isn't, what do you think of the soup? It's delicious. Good. So I suppose you could say we're crossing two things off our bucket list now because we are eating the soup that I made and we're also um, filming this episode, which has become kind of a tradition for us. Third year in a row. Yeah. I think at, at the third year mark, we can call it a tradition. Second year... You could say it's the second annual, but that feels a little weak because it's like, you know, it's really just yeah. the sequel. Now it's like we've really established a pattern. How could one not leave something off? We're talking about the splendors of autumn and there are so many of them to explore. I feel like it's impossible to cover mm -hmm. them all. But this year, I think that we have a good, a good focal point, which is that we're kind of talking about all the items that we have on our fall bucket list. That kind of gives us a focal point and will help us to remember what to talk about rather than just trying to being like, okay, let's talk about the splinters of autumn, go, you know? Mm -hmm. This gives us a good, good place to jump off from. Now, I would also like to point out that since the time when we first started doing these episodes, I think I finally won you over to Loving Fall. Mm-hmm. Like you used to think that summer was better? Well, definitely not this summer. <laughs> summer was very hot. It was very... Yeah, it was something. But, um... No, I like the idea of summer. Just it's so hot. 
But mm. after after being scorched by the summer, fall is the time when you can finally really enjoy being outside again. That's true. I was always downplaying it because I was always not looking forward to winter, but every season has its own charms. So True. And, you know, maybe once we're done experiencing the splendors of autumn, we can really focus on seeing if we can rehabilitate our view of the winter. I think those, like, hats, you know, those hats that, like, people wear in Alaska and oh, you Arctic Circle? Just the ones that cover, like, more of your face and ears? No, the, like, a light, like, you wear, like, a halo around your oh. head. It's, okay. like, one of those sunlight hats. I was not aware of that. Yeah, they had those. Are you saying that we need one of those to feel better about the winter? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's one option. <laughs> okay, because I don't know. I'm not, I'm not um, in any way proposing that we do this. I'm just saying that is one way that people... I feel like, though, winter's honestly gone down in my esteem ever since I realized that most of the Christmas season happens technically in the fall. Mm-hmm. That was always the thing I kind of held on to about the winter. I was like, just but at least it's Christmas you know. time. And then I realized that... Yes, Christmas Day, at Christmas Day, you've technically crossed into winter, but pretty much the whole time leading up to that is really just the grand finale of fall, so... Would you feel better if Christmas was in February, though? No, because I think that... Or March? What about March? No, by March, I'm just desperate for it to be the spring. Mm -hmm. I think there's a reason that... March is like when spring break happens and people like fly away to a warmer place so they can imagine that springtime one day will actually come. But I I understand what you're saying because January and February, it's like, oh my God. But. Are you saying that we could spend the whole winter being excited for Christmas and then Christmas could be the finale of wintertime? Or if you were like, oh, people can't wait that long. Make Christmas into something else. And then move Christmas to February, the I'm, big I'm, holiday. I'm confused about how we're, we're gonna just move Christmas. I just feel like there's a big holiday dearth in the beginning of the year. Well, not really. If you think about it, though, it's just that some of the holidays are like less, you know, celebrated. I think I'm saying culturally there's relevant. Years, there's pretty much one holiday a month, all the way, you know, from now through, mm-hmm. you know. You know, because even, okay, we've got Halloween, we've got Thanksgiving, then Christmas. After Christmas, there's New Year's. Mm-hmm. After New Year's, there's Valentine's Day. But After Christmas Valen- is situated near the equinox, though. Yes, but I'm just saying, then we, Christmas and New Year's are pretty close together, but still, technically, Christmas is December, then January has New Year's, February has Valentine's Day, and March has St. Patrick's Day. So there are other holidays. They're just less, like... There are less, like, family meals and presents and things like that that really make the other holidays more exciting, maybe. But Christmas is a much bigger holiday than St. Patrick's Day. Yes, I'm just saying St. Patrick's Day still exists. No. So does Arbor Day. I think that St. Patrick's Day is slightly more celebrated than Arbor Day. It has beer, so that helps. Yeah. But let's go back to the um, fall bucket list. Okay. All By the right, way, so is there any more soup? There is, but I'm not ready to get up right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm still eating mine. Okay. I feel like whenever we eat with our kids, I'm always jumping up 
and down and I never get to like sit and eat because every time I'm about to start eating one of them wants something or needs mm-hmm. something and then and then by the time they have everything they want and need I'm finally sitting down to eat my food that's like almost cold and then of course they're done eating and they you know they can't seem to just sort of wait around after they're done eating like they need to be immediately serviced so that's the one exciting thing about having put them to bed before eating dinner tonight is that I'm totally not getting up until I'm done but you're welcome to serve yourself <laughs> no you're welcome I'll just drink this do you want to talk about the, the beer then? Yes, I mean, getting back to oh, yeah. our really? list, every year we try to try some pumpkin beers. Mm-hmm. So this right here is the Samuel Adams Pumpkin Ale. It says, roasted and malty with pumpkin spice notes. And then bo- in the bottom it says, ale with pumpkin, sp- and, pumpkin and spices added. <clears throat> I feel like they always, with these pumpkin beers, have to add more pumpkin and more spices in the end to make them taste as pumpkin-y as people want. That can go wrong, though. We've tried some pumpkin beers that are not good. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard to get the right balance of pumpkin flavor and spice flavor. It's pretty pumpkin-y. Mm-hmm. I actually really like this. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised because I don't really like Samuel Adams normally. Samuel Adams is good for flavored beers because the regular Samuel Adams is such a blank slate. I think, in my opinion. I do like their cherry wheat, come to think of it. I'm saying it's kind of like rice is in cooking. It doesn't taste any, anything itself, but you add other things to it and it takes on other flavors well. So you think it's excellent at absorbing the other flavors? Or at least not in any way. It, doesn't just, make it just serves as weird. a base. Okay. Like I, see, I see what you're saying. Blank canvas, kind of. But I like this because, like, like I was saying, I think that some of the pumpkin beers I've not liked... Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, either the pumpkin to spice balance is off, like they're too pumpkin-y and not enough spice, or they just taste like a bunch of spices. But this mm-hmm. tastes like really like pumpkin, but also like I'm getting that nice hint of spice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should. If you want it to taste the way it tasted when I got it for you, Mm you should put some of the parsley Mm -hmm. and then a little black pepper, a little paprika, and just another thing I have on the list is to make pumpkin cheesecake. And I've already done that because I basically, I couldn't even wait for it to officially be fall. I think I did that at the beginning of September. It was good though. I had been waiting all year to make it ever since I made it last year for the first time and realized that it's amazing. I've been just like counting down the days until I could, you know, legitimately have an excuse to make it. Um, I think I might actually even like it better than pumpkin pie. Hmm. Well, I think because I've had a lot of trouble finding a good pumpkin pie. I feel like the last couple years... Like, I, I've never been able to really make the pumpkin pie and have it come out the way I wanted it to. And I used to think grocery store pumpkin pies were good. And in the last couple of years, we've had several that were just not quite right to me. Like, they were, like, too soft or too spongy or too eggy or something in the filling. And that really disturbed me. 
Mm-hmm. I think the pumpkin cheesecake is really where it's at. I don't know. What do you think? Could you give up pumpkin pie for pumpkin cheesecake? Sounds like an unfair bargain. <laughs> what I, don't to, that? I don't want to give up either. <laughs> I don't mean give up. I just mean as far as like the star of the Thanksgiving dessert table. Mm. Can I do one? There could be more if you're having a larger Thanksgiving, but assuming that we're talking about the Thanksgiving where I'm cooking all the food just like inside our house, <laughs> there's probably only going to be one. I see. Well. Hmm. <clears throat> I guess I'd have to go with the cheesecake. I'm glad you think so. Yeah. I feel like this is a good choice. Mm-hmm. Only because... Pumpkin pie is so often not ideal. This is this is exactly what I was just saying. Mm-hmm. Like, the ideal pumpkin pie is amazing, but sometimes you have a pumpkin pie that's just sweet potato pie, or or it, I, I think sweet potato quality. pie is fine. Mm-hmm. I just mean when the pumpkin pie itself is not right, like the crust is wrong, or or no butternut squash pies. Isn't that what they make instead I, of? I don't know what you're talking. about. Have you ever heard this? I've never or? had a butternut squash pie. I've heard really? I have heard it claimed that canned pumpkin is sometimes just canned butternut squash. That's what I was getting. But at. I don't think that that matters. As long as it tastes the way you want it to taste, <laughs> doesn't you really care what kind of a squash it was? I mean, no, pumpkins I don't are care. squashes I just think too, that right? Sometimes that happens. But no, and there's the fantasy where you take the real pie pumpkin and you like cook it down to make it into the pie material, and then you make it into the pie. And I have never been able to get that to come out anything but terrible. I mean, it's probably just that I'm terrible at making pumpkin pie. Like, I clearly have not... Somebody's grandmother probably is, like, does amazing at this or something. Yeah, no, there are other... Like, my Aunt Carol makes a really good pumpkin pie. Just out of, like, a straight pumpkin. I don't think she makes it out of a straight pumpkin, but I'm just saying, whatever she does to it... Yes, people do. I'm saying there are people out there that can make an amazing pumpkin pie out of a straight pumpkin, and I think that's the fantasy. The fantasy is that you go to the store and you get a pumpkin. Or, even better, you've grown it outside in your own personal pumpkin patch, and then you have the pumpkin, and then you, like, cut it down, and you roast it or steam it or whatever, and then you, like, pulp it, and then it, like, turns into the pie... And in the fantasy, you do this all kind of, like, on the day. Mm-hmm. Wow. But that's another thing that's really d- doesn't work for me, because I do not like warm pumpkin pie. I think it's the most disgusting thing. Really? And I feel like people always have this thing where they want to oh, yeah. have the warm pie come out of the oven. Like, yeah. like, you know, you're eating Thanksgiving dinner, and the pie is baking, so then the pie comes out, and it's like fresh pumpkin pie. And to me, that's, like, so, so bad. You just like it when it's cold and hardened. Yeah, I only like it when it's cold and hardened. I think that's partially just something about the pumpkin pie itself. Like, I just don't think it tastes good warm. And partially just pie in general. Like, I would like a warm apple pie, but I would love a cold apple pie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... I can't think of a pie that I would rather have warm than cold. Like, like when you go to a diner, and not that I, like... We go to diners very often, but I think that theoretically there's something that would happen where you go to a diner and get, like, a piece of pie, and then they're like, do you want that heated up? To me, mm-hmm. it's like, why would you even ask but that's that? Different. No, I don't you want can, to heat it up. No, that's different than it coming out of the oven, though. Reheating is a different... To me, it doesn't matter. Just the 
the idea that it would be heated. I don't want it to be heated. I would like it to be chilled. But it's, I'm just saying to somebody who would and has and will continue uh, eating it when it first comes out of the oven, I'm saying that it's like markedly different from reheating it. Especially in like a diner situation where they're probably just putting it in a microwave. But I don't want it heated in any situation. I understand what you're saying. But I'm saying me who doesn't have that rule. You would like it to be fresh in the oven, but you would not like it to be reheated. Precisely. But you also would not like a scoop of ice cream on it. And I think that there... Not necessarily. Not necessarily? I could I could have on the side because my one Im- scoop. Maybe. My impression, though, is that it's not an on-the-side situation. My impression is that people want it to be heated so then the ice cream will be melting on top of it. No. Which is, like, a total nightmare to me. Yeah, I don't... That doesn't sound good to me. But I think that that sounds good to, like, a typical person. Really? Yes. Like, I think we're both weird for not wanting to do that. But you know why I don't want that. Just because you don't like ice cream? Why would I put it, like, on pumpkin pie, then? But I'm saying, like, I like ice cream and I like pumpkin pie separately. I would never want... The ice cream would be melting on the pie. too much of a good thing. I think the melting ice cream in my mind is more like an apple pie, too. Like, I think it's supposed to be melting into the apple pie. What, the ice cream? Yes. Like, you you have the warm apple pie, and then you scoop the ice cream on top, and it's, like, melting. And that's disgusting to me, but I don't like things that are melting in general. I just think things should be stable. I don't even like ice cream when it's by itself, so (laughs) I don't get why people would do that, so... But going back to our list, then, um, there's a lot of food-related stuff on here. I feel like fall is a very, like, eating season. Yes. I also have pumpkin waffles. I would like to make them. Yeah, we were just talking about that off air. Well, it's it's hard to get the right consistency when you add pumpkin to a recipe. Mm Mm-hmm. It's hard to get it so that, you know, it's you want it to taste pumpkin-y, but you can't add so much pumpkin to the batter that, like, it's weirdly moist inside and doesn't set up right or something. Mm-hmm. But I would like to figure out how to make pumpkin waffles. So I've been getting that, um, you know, those protein pancake and waffle mix? Yeah. Yeah, I've been getting that. It's like, I think it's like Kodiak or something, or Kodak, whatever, Kodiak. My plan is just to make that and replace part of the water or milk that you're supposed to add with some pumpkin and then some pumpkin spice and cook it and hope that it all turns out amazingly. Do you think that will replace in the recipe that liquid? I think that if I replaced the liquid entirely with pumpkin, it wouldn't cook right. Mm. Because the pumpkin material is going to be like holding on to moisture in a different way than just the milk would be. But I think if I just replace part of the milk with pumpkin i'm hoping what would if you I say can... the consistency of the canned pumpkin is i mean it's you know if you're not familiar with canned pumpkin it's just like you know it's a pureed pumpkin it's, it's pretty it's thick i'm not worried about the thickness i'm more worried about the retained moisture content and how it's going to affect how the recipe turns out mm. we're just gonna have to do this and see what happens but have you ever done anything else like this with like i don't know like muffins or something I've made pumpkin muffins, but I was using a pumpkin bread recipe. I've tried to make pumpkin pancakes before, and they've never quite turned out how I wanted them to. And that's why I'm worried about the moisture 
being an issue and somehow bumping the recipe off. Mm. But I'm hopeful that if I limit the amount of pumpkin, I can make this work. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have cooking Thanksgiving dinner on the list. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited for for Thanksgiving dinner? Oh my. What a question. Um, so many things. They all work together, though, so. Yeah, and I didn't. pick just one. True, and I definitely think we've talked about this in previous episodes. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily have to go there unless there's, like, a new addition to the table. We nope, I still like Thanksgiving food. <laughs> still, still, still like Still on board. I think we should manage our expectations for how much our kids are going to eat. I always do. I think... But I think that Harper's finally at an age where he might eat more. Mm. But I doubt Emerald will want to eat much. Probably not. She'll she'll take a couple bites and be like, no. Now that I've said that, though, she's going to surprise us. And she's going to be, like, screaming out for more turkey. Mm. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, another eating-related thing. Well, I guess this isn't really eating. This is drinking. I have on the list that I'd like to learn how to mix a type of cocktail that I haven't known how to make before. Mm. I think I want to go with the uh, Negroni just because that's making Markle's favorite cocktail. And it sounds good. What's in it? Let us us look this up and find out. (laughs) (laughs) Gin. Campari. Sweet red vermouth. Grapefruit bitters. Ice. An orange twist for garnish. I assume there's other recipes that are, you know, slightly different. Where do you get grapefruit bitters? Probably from the liquor store. Makes sense. I think they have all kinds of bitters there. Huh. But that could be good. I mean, you know I love a good sidecar. Yeah, sidecars are good. It's got to be my favorite cocktail. I think that it's called a sidecar helps because it's looks like a good name. Mm-hmm. And it always makes me think of that episode in Gilmore Girls where... Emily Gilmore decides that um, Lorelai's favorite drink should be the sidecar, even though she always drinks uh, martinis. I think, I think Emily's trying to set her up with somebody, and she thinks that the sidecar sounds more... I don't know if it just sounds waspier or like more sophisticated or what her thinking is on that, but anyway, wow. she's like, you'll have a sidecar. You, you've always you've always drank sidecars. <laughs> she's like, no, I've never in my life had a sidecar. But sidecars are actually really good, though. What's in a sidecar? It's, um... I mean, I like... I'm I like. Sorry, I, just I like them too, but I don't know what's in them. It's an orange liqueur type of a drink, I believe, a cognac. Mm. Surprising! I don't usually like dark liquor. I've started to come around to dark liquor once I realized I like it in mixed drinks. I just don't have any need or desire to drink it straight up. Yeah. But I had a Manhattan a few weeks ago. Remember when we were at that pizza place? Mm-hmm. And it was really good. Was that whiskey? I believe so. Mm-hmm. And like some cherry and whatever mm-hmm. else they put in there. But that was really good. Very strong, but very good. Mm-hmm. What other mixed drinks are there that you could make? I mean, you could make anything. But what would you want to make? I'm, that's pretty much it. I'm not. Nothing? 
I don't know. I don't really have much else in mind. I like Gimlet, but I already know how to make those. It's pretty much just lime juice. <laughs> those are good. Yeah. I really like citrus kind of extracts. Citrus helps everything taste better. Mm-hmm. What's an old-fashioned? Um, I'll have to look that up. I believe it has... Bourbon, maybe? Bourbon, ice, I think there's a cherry garnish. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. I read a book once where people drank old fashions constantly. What book was that? Um, it was called American Wife. It was kind of... Let me see if I can explain this the right way. Is this Curtis Sittenfeld? Yes. And it was basically supposed to be a book about Laura Bush, except not Laura mm-hmm. Bush. It's like a fictionalized version of someone who's very much like, but not Laura Bush. In a situation very much like, but not exactly like the situation Laura Bush found herself in. As far as marrying into the Bush family and then ultimately becoming first lady. But anyway, when, when she's visiting not the Bush family, there were, there were <clears> the Blackwells in, in the book. Um, when she's visiting the Blackwell family in the family compound, they would always drink old fashions. But bourbon, bitters, a sugar cube, and club soda. Mm. Which to me sounds really like not that good. But maybe it is. I mean, um, having not tried one, I'm really in no position to judge. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it would be my jam necessarily, but... I think I really like the idea of mixed drinks more than I actually end up liking mixed drinks. I was just about to say, what percentage of your liking is like the name and the like? I like the accessories. Like I like the the process of mixing the drink and then you're holding the drink and you're you know. I feel like that's all. It's like fun. It's more fun than just kind of cracking open a beer. I think that's pretty fun. Would you like another beer, Luke? <laughs> um. Beer's got such a tarnished image. I don't think beer has a tarnished image. I think, especially now with how popular the idea of going to like a craft brewery or something is. Craft brewery, but such disdain for your your just regular old beer, you know? I mean, you have a disdain for regular old beer too, don't you, in a way? I don't consider that beer. <laughs> so so you don't have disdain for bad beer? My days you of drinking natural beer. light are over. But I'm saying, so you have disdain for that. But there's a person out there who considers that to be pure. (laughs) I would rather be straight edge than drink that again. I wonder if there's anyone who's straight edge now that just had a bad experience with Natty Light. Just like this is gross. Why do people even like this? Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, family costumes. Another item on the list. Harper is very concerned about that. He's very concerned about it because he keeps changing his mind about what he wants to be. Mm-hmm. And he keeps asking me if he can be more and more elaborate things. And at this point, I, we need him to actually commit so we can go ahead and, like, you know, make the costumes happen. Yes, yeah, so let's discuss family costumes. Harper's very concerned with wanting to be some kind of a vampire bat, I think, at this point. Um... But I feel like it's one of those things where the power has gone to his head. I mean, it's kind of like when we were planning his birthday and he kept saying that he wanted a different kind of cake than what we'd originally planned. Like, 
we were making him a Mickey and the world's to race his cake, but then he started saying he wanted it to be pissed, a Piston Pietro cake, and it's like... Nobody is making the I cannot make a Piston Pietro cake. It's like, I have no... There's nothing on Pinterest that's going to tell me how to make that happen for you. That's like the thing where you call the Disney factory, and they're like, I think we might have one in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I think it's like that. Like, he's drunk with power, so he keeps, like, thinking yeah. of more and more elaborate costumes that he'd like to have going on. But I want to do something really cute with Emerald this year because I kind of regretted that I got talked into the superheroes last year. Mm. Even though she made a great Superman. She was a wonderful Superman. She was a wonderful Superman and she has perfect Superman hair. But I was going to say her hair was like born for the role. It was and she was super cute in her little caped outfit. But I still want to do something like a little cuter. you know. Believe me, we've got plenty more time to be cute with Emerald. I don't know, be. though, because, you know, a couple years down the road, she's going to start wanting to be, like, you know, she'll want to be, like, a character from My Little Pony or something like that, and it's like, no. Where is it that you think that she will have seen My Little Pony? You I think she'll just have seen it somehow. Somehow? Kind of like how Harper is obsessed with Paw Patrol, even though he's never seen it. I think he watched it once, like, when he was, like, two years old with, like, his cousin... But he still, like, talks about it and, like, wants to own all the Paw Patrol branded items that we see at the store. Yes, it was a very special branding experience. <laughs> but, but, you know, I don't really like branded items that much. But superheroes, by definition, are branded items. Yeah, but that's what, maybe why I'm not as into them. Like, I, I like... There's a whole Twitter account I follow called Bat Labels, and it's just the labels from Batman's 1966 TV series that is on everything, like, wow. fire extinguisher or bat phone. <laughs> it's just, wow. like, screenshots of all those. I just, I'm not that into branded things. Like, I feel like if I was ever, like, you know, a famous athlete and I'm being paid to wear the shoes or the shirt or something, then sure. But other than that, it's like... Why do I need to have this logo here? So you think that you need to be paid for your participation in logo wearing? I feel like that's the most legitimate reason to wear a logo. Is if they are paying you something. Yeah. Beyond that, though, I just think a lot of children's character, like, clothing and stuff just looks bad. What if we were sponsored by a superhero company? That would be exciting. Because, I mean, obviously I wouldn't accept a sponsorship that I didn't really like. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to wear like sponsored clothes if I think they're hideous. I'm only going to wear them if I genuinely think they look amazing. Mm -hmm. So of course I would want to be sponsored by something like that because then I would like feel excited about that. I mean, yeah, that would be a win. But I'm talking about just like, we're not going to be sponsored by Paw Patrol. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to like spend my money buying like t-shirts and stuff with Paw Patrol on them. Mm-hmm. The one place where I would say I would diverge from that is with underwear. Yeah, no, it's definitely a thing. I mean, there's some characters that it's like one might Something be de one might that, be devastating. What, hap <laughs> what happens to Grover is what happens to Grover is all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but later, not Cookie Monster. <laughs> yeah, you know what he wants Cookie Monster to go down. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Going back to dressing our family up in costume. Next on the list is obviously going to her treating. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Emerald was not old enough last time. It was really cold and she was really tiny and I think I had to stay home with her and that was so sad. The captain had a terrible experience. So. But this time we're all going to go and yes. I feel like we can anticipate good times ahead. And you're going to bring a um, baton for anyone that jumps out? 
Well, yeah, because I mean, last time, yeah. I mean, tell what happened last time. Went up to someone's house. This was in the same neighborhood where we went previously and had a good time, but we went to this one house, and I wish I could remember which one because I wouldn't go there again, but there was this, what we thought was like a stuffed person figure sitting on the you know porch swing with a bowl of candy in their lap, and there was a sign like, take one, but as soon as you got up to it, it like started you know, screaming and shaking around because it was really just a guy in... It's kind of creepy if you think about it because he has a bowl on his lap. But anyway. <laughs> well, it's also just creepy in the sense that, like, it's one thing to do something like that to, like, older kids who, yeah. like, maybe would be, like, excited to have gotten, like, a real scare. But you got to be able to read the room and be like, if you have, like, a, like, three-year-old coming up to you, now's not the time to do something horrifying. Yeah, and he was terrified by it and for the rest of the night asked if there was going to be any more scary guys and intermittently burst, bursting out in tears. So we went home not long after that. So It's probably good that I wasn't there with you. Yeah. I might have, like, really, like, you know. I mean, of course, I can say, you know, I would have done something that, you know what I mean? But obviously, I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have just been, like, super unhappy about the situation. But maybe not, though, because, I mean, every once in a while, I really, like, say something, like, pretty cutting to someone. Like, I, would, I, I don't know, like. Those are mostly people that don't put their dogs on leashes when they should, but they yeah, deserve but, it. I mean, I think people deserve to be called out once in a while. Especially if you have your own dog and children, you know, it's like. Yeah, I feel like this is a constant problem for us where someone's, like, walking their dog, not on a leash, and then the dog is, like, not listening to them, and they're yeah. like, I'm sorry, they're off the leash, come back, Mitzi, or whatever, and it's but they'll, like... But they'll get, they'll get mad at the dog, though, like, the dog. Yeah, and they'll, do exactly yeah, and they'll be, like, doing. scolding the dog, and I feel like it's all for show, too, like, I feel like they're scolding the dog to show us that they're attempting to get the dog under control, and it's like, maybe you should just have your, your dog. dog on a leash since it obviously <laughs> yeah. doesn't have the manners to deal with like another person or another like group of people with a dog mm -hmm. going by yeah, it's like totally not the dog's fault you've put it in this situation mm -hmm. exactly and then the dog runs into the road and gets lost and then they're like please help my dog has gotten away and it's like mm -hmm. did your dog get away or did you basically just like you know, is it really getting away if you take your dog somewhere and then, you know, it just yeah. kind of, like, due to circumstances, isn't with you anymore when you should have just not done that? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so... Trick-or-treating. <laughs> Trick-or-treating. I'm hopeful that we're going to have a good time this year. I think it's a higher pop probability than last year. I think that we're going to face some, some ups and some downs challenge-wise. <clears throat> I think the big challenge this year is going to be that... Last year, Harper was still young enough that we could kind of just spirit the candy away. Like, I think he ate some candy, you know, the night of, and then basically after that, it was pretty much over for him. He's old enough now that he's going to, like, know how much candy's in his bucket, and he's going to be, like, suspicious if there's, like, significantly less when he wakes up the next day. But we just need to teach him to grab a few choice items that we would like, and then he can have all the rest of the candy. I don't really want him to have all the rest of the candy, though, is my concern. I do think we should teach him to get, get and even, even more so Emerald, because she's too young to eat the candy. We really should focus on making her go for the candy. I think the technique want. I'm going to do is to be like, 
Oh, let me help you there. <laughs> yeah. Let me help you grab this Twix. Twix. The most delicious of all the candy bars. Is that a full-size Skittles right there? Oh, my goodness. Is that what you want? Because yeah. I definitely feel like... And, of course, you know, everyone has their own decision-making process and their own, you know, choices. But I've... I've deeply questioned who our son is and what his taste is with some of the choices that he's made candy-wise he's like, in the past. oh, banana Laffy Taffy, don't mind if I do. There's so many Laffy Taffies in the basket. Yeah. And They're so many of those, those, little, color. those little dum-dum lollipops. Yeah. And those little, like, the Mary Janes or whatever, those oh, no. black and orange wax paper things. Things like that, that it's like... I saw you reach past, like, a perfectly fine Tootsie Roll to pick that thing up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we should definitely try to like yeah with Emerald we can definitely help her, but with the captain maybe. Didn't you jokingly say that we should make flashcards? <laughs> You're like I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> Although we could just show him some pictures of you know good candies to go for, just kind of plant some ideas in his head. I have no other option. Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. Of course, beyond trick-or-treating, we have Visit a Pumpkin Patch, obviously, on our list. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to visit a couple different pumpkin patches. Sure, that can be arranged. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of them around here. I'm hopeful, too, this year, I feel like it's really green out. I feel like sometimes you go to the pumpkin patch and everything is just, like, brown and shriveled away. And it's, like, not very picturesque. I feel like we have a good chance this year of having things look good. Ooh, and another thing... I'd like to do this year is go to a trunk or treat. See, I'm surprised by your enthusiasm for this because you've never ever talked about doing this before. I just think it wasn't ever convenient to go to one before. Now, to do a trunk or treat, do you also have to like lift your truck open and give other people candy? We're gonna have to look into that because I'm not sure if I actually want to do that. I was kind of thinking we could just go and trick or treat at the <laughs> other people who set their trunk up. I wasn't really thinking. I didn't know if us. it was like a pitch in and it's like bad form just to like show up at the plate. You know, we should probably investigate that because it might be. I don't know how that works. If it's a church though, I don't think they would get that mad. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, my, my impression is that it usually is a church and that it's probably church members mostly who are operating the trunk. you're giving people like a safe place to, to do this. Exactly. So I think they expect people from the community that are not there yeah. operating a trunk to come. But yeah, we should definitely check. <laughs> I just don't want to get there and be like, so where's your trunk? Or yeah. The trick? Like, well, we haven't vacuumed this out in a few weeks. <laughs> call it call it a haunted house. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> what's that? So scary when we... <laughs> what's that behind the toolbox? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't know. I don't know if we... It would, it's not quite scary enough to, in there to pull that off. Mm. Um... I also put in here that I'd like to go to an outdoor movie, although I feel like the sun is setting on that idea. That may have to be a dream for next year. But I kind of thought it was something we could do in October more, and then all the parks seem to only have been showing outdoor movies in September, and now it's just, like, over. And I, I get that it's, like, super cold at night now, but it was, like, too warm at night a couple weeks ago. It's true. Maybe we can go to the drive-in before they close for the season. Mm-hmm. In the ultimate fantasy, somehow our kids fall asleep, and then we can watch like a better, different movie after their movie ends. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, because I think drive-in, you usually get to see two movies, 
And I feel like they usually play like the family movie first and then they play like something a little... I hesitate to use, use the word edgy because that seems a little generous, but you know, a little <laughs> not as family. As less for kids. Yes, possibly. I think they play the less for kids thing next. So I'm saying theoretically, if we could just get them to fall asleep during the kids movie, we could do that. I feel like they'll be too excited during the kids movie and they'll not sleep. Mm-hmm. But we can, you know, look into that. Uh, apple picking's on the list and we've already crossed that one off. We did. I don't think we talked about that yet. No, we didn't. Um, we went apple picking and it was glorious. Yeah. It was the perfect day. It was mm-hmm. like cool, but not too cold. Mm-hmm. And it was not too sunny. And there were like red apples everywhere on the trees and the leaves were all green and lush mm-hmm. and the grass was all green and lush. I felt like I was like living inside of a fantasy. Of course, we had to kind of slow Harper down because he was picking the apples too fast and we wanted to make it last for a while. You can... We've been there before, but, like, really the only viable option if you're going to be there more than five minutes is that you have to get the the giant bag. Like, you just have to get the biggest bag they offer for $20. Well, because to explain how it works, you get a bag Mm. and you pay per bag size. So you can get like a $6 bag, but it's only going to fit, what, like four apples? Or you can get the $20 bag is maybe equivalent to a grocery sack. So you kind of get the bag, and then you fill your bag, and then you Mm -hmm. pay, you know, at the end, in case you, you know, before the end, I think, want to go back and grab more bags or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I mean, we had to kind of slow him down, so we didn't want to exceed our one bag, but we wanted to like be apple picking for a little while. Yes, but he got to pull the wagon, which he did for a long time. True, but also, I mean, much like much like what we were saying about him lacking discernment when it comes to kinds of candy, I feel like he somehow lacked discernment somewhat when it came to apples. Like, he, he chose to pick some apples that were kind of, you know, a little past, past their time. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the spectrum, Emerald picked one apple, and then she clutched it very protectively, and shrieked when we suggest she put it in the bag and just kind of held it for the rest of the afternoon. Remember when I jokingly said I was going to take it? She cried. <laughs> she thought you'd turned on her. She really was hurt by that. She was like, how could you? I picked this apple. Yeah. She felt very protective of it very quickly. And she was very proud of herself. She'd never picked a piece of fruit before. Right off the tree. Yeah. It was, a big, it was a big moment for her. Mm-hmm. She, she was into it, definitely. You know, it occurs to me, we've gone apple picking a couple times, but we've never gone berry picking, have we? I guess not. Is that a thing people do in the agro-tourism? Yeah, people go, like, strawberry picking, I think. I know some people do, but it's their job. <laughs> you mean, like, migrant workers? Yes. And they have to live in huts. I mean, my family used to grow strawberries and we would pick those, but we've never gone to like an agro-tourism strawberry picking experience. I'm saying neither have I. I feel like it's Even just... Even when I was a kid, we'd go to Apple Acres and, you know, apple cider and all the whole deal, apples, apples, apples. Well, this is just another piece of evidence in the whole fall is better than summer thing. Strawberry picking is in the summer. It's too hot. Like, I think the strawberries are ripe when it's, like, 95 degrees outside and the sun is, like, beating down upon you. But that's why they grow so well in California. Yes. 
But that's why, like, I want to pay someone else to pick them for me. Yes. I don't. It doesn't sound fun to me to like go out and harvest them. I think it's a really a thing where people like people though also pick apples. Yes, there are there are migrant workers that pick apples too. I mean, it's not just it's not just all family fun when when it's apple picking season. (laughs) I'm just saying though that as far as like family fun of harvesting fruit, I think fall is a better season to do that because you're enjoying. I'm saying you as a family could go to work and pick apples and think. That it's not the greatest, but you could like pay for the same privilege as a family. It'd be like, look at us, take my picture. Yeah, but this like, true. but we can leave. Also, I guess is the difference. Yes, I think being able to leave after <laughs> after like an hour really really makes the day more exciting. I think if we made our kids stay sun from like sun to up sun to sun down, yeah. picking the apples as fast as they could possibly go, I think yeah. the charm would really wear wear thin pretty quickly. Absolutely. Um, but still, I thought the apple picking was a very, yeah. very big success this year. It's more a summer thing, but we went to a sunflower thing, also at the same place we picked apples. What? But there was another thing we didn't end up going to that was closer, but it was much more expensive. Well, the thing we went to was what? It was like $5 a person or something. Yeah, and you got one, like, free sunflower to clip, and... But the other thing, what was that going to end up costing us? $45. Like, each or per person? Total. Total. So $45. No, 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 60 sorry, because there was no below this age is free. Okay, so we'd have to so pay So it was $15 for a person for everyone, including Emerald. And we didn't go to that one, but I do sort of imagine that maybe that one was better. Because to be fair, the $5 one we went to, like... It was pretty picked over. There were some angles where it was, like, nice looking, and we managed to get a couple pictures that looked good, but, like, it definitely didn't feel like that fantasy feeling where you walk into a field of sunflowers and you're just blown away by, like, just, like, how can there even be this many flowers and they're everywhere and they just stretch on forever. Like, that's what the feeling you want, isn't it? And we I definitely didn't have that feeling when we went. It was very hot and... There were a lot of sunflowers, but it was pretty picked over. And, you know. Maybe they see how the sunflower season goes before they decide on a price. I was also thinking, though, the more expensive one was later in the season, which Mm -hmm. I think that. I think the one we went to pushed their sunflowers to be ready. Like, I think they planted them sooner to be ready sooner. Because I think the sunflowers are just a side business for them to make slightly more money while they're waiting for... I think they mostly do their business with the apples. Because their apple orchard is, like, the best. And they're, they have, like, a pretty good pumpkin patch later in the year, too. So I think they just I think they just kind of added the sunflowers on to just generate a little additional income, like, leading into the season. Mm-hmm. Whereas the place that we didn't go to, their sunflowers were later... So I'm imagining maybe that helped them to be better, though. Because mm. maybe they planted them more at the right time. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, they could have been just as picked over. I don't know. We didn't go, so. Mm-hmm. I've seen some amazing pictures on Pinterest, though. Like, pictures in a sunflower field that look like, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, the my ideal. goodness. Yeah. That's what you want. But I think if we paid that much to go, I would want it to be that ideal situation. Not just kind of like, oh, cool. I mean, of course. 
yeah. But anyway, I hadn't been to a sunflower specific experience before. No, it seemed to me like sort of a new like a new addition to the ever-growing list of like the experiences you're supposed to have because you're supposed to go pumpkin hey, picking. If you've got you're supposed to go an agritourism business. You got to think, how am I going to make money all year round? You know. Oh sure, that's that's what I'm saying. I that's think why these places are always like on. Christmas trees and pumpkins and yeah. sunflowers and you know. I think the play place that your children want to go to that rips you off is another that, issue. I feel like all of these places, it's like, it's not that ex- it's not that expensive to go to pick the fruit or the pumpkin or whatever, but then it's like you have to pay more to go to the play place, and the play place is situated in a way so like there's no way you can shuffle your kid past the play place without them like seeing it and wanting to go. Literally at the end of every row is a direct island to like the bounce house, the bounce house and, and like <laughs> the swings and so on and so forth and it's not like a terrible playground it's it's okay but it's not worth i would not like in any circumstance think of paying any amount of money to figure out my kid go on a playground like we you know plenty of playgrounds out there but I think that, like, they just... It's they like know an airport. That, they know you're trapped. They know they've got you. They know the kids are going to see it and be like, yeah. let's play. They know you're going to, like, think, well, we already drove all the way out here yeah. and we're having this family fun day. How can I really say no? Plus, they always call it, like, a harvest festival yeah. or something like that. So you feel not just like, hey, strangely, I've just paid to play on this playground. You feel like, oh, I'm just spending money at the harvest festival. <laughs> that feels, like, totally legitimate, right? Yes. It's like when we were at, um, actually, I think it was might have been Disney World, where they were like, "Hey, you guys want some flaming hot chips?" And then, like, hundred feet later, it was like a giant like Coke stand. Like, <laughs> it was like so obvious in retrospect, like what was going on. Like, <laughs> let's give the people the hottest chips imaginable. It's funny that you mentioned the flaming hot chips, though, because in the night recently, I read a thing about those about how they've actually like people are railing against them because apparently they like they're like too hot or something and like mm. they like burn a hole in like the child's like stomach lining or there's I don't know like there's some like... stupid rapper that went to the hospital for eating too many flaming hot exactly no yeah. it's like a real thing like it, they're like hurting people yeah it's too much they've had to like take them away from like the vending machines in the schools or something oh my god I know right <laughs> but anyway yeah. um so yeah, apple picking was good, and next up, of course, will be pumpkin picking. And then I think I think after pumpkin picking, other than picking a Christmas tree, I think we're done picking things for the year, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the extent of our picking, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. Um, I have on here that we should go on an autumn picnic, though. We're going back to picking, though. It's not like... Is it an agritourism thing? Yeah, it's totally sharp corn. I don't think they've figured out how to sell people. Because <laughs> it's like, I know it, isn't that what they always like, the manual labor thing in Indiana? That's why people sit on their porch and they. I think that. Deta- um, detassel. That's I think that uh, corn like, is pretty tall, though. Yeah. So, and I think you might need, like, a night. You know what I mean? I think it's. 
I think there's a degree of difficulty that makes corn harvesting not like ideal as a family activity. Well, that's probably well. That's another thing we didn't even talk about corn maze. That's another thing that the every place. That's has. something that we should add to our list. The problem is, are that our kids ready for that though? No, well, because I actually I looked at a corn maze recently and. It said that it was ideal for children over 12 or something. I think, well, I think here's the thing. You can go to a really difficult corn maze that's for, like, older kids, and it's hard, and you might get lost, and you're going to be in the corn maze for a long time. And obviously, with two very young children, we don't want to risk something like that. But the only other alternative is to go to, like, a super easy corn maze that we still somehow will have to pay to go to, but it'll just be like, why are we even here? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, yeah, we're not quite ready for the corn maze. But it's definitely... I think the corn maze is as close to corn shucking as we're going to get as far as agrotourism. That's the corn component. Anyway, go on. Um, I, I don't know. Something, something about corn? <laughs> no, no, but before the corn. Oh, just... Oh, oh, I was saying that we are going to go on an autumn picnic, hopefully. Yes. Well, Harper's very obsessed with the idea of the picnic basket. He wants the one that looks like, you know, the traditional, like, Yogi Bear picnic basket. And so do I, honestly. The only thing that's stopping me is that those are, like, strangely very expensive. But, um... I think it was that little golden duck about Mickey's picnic or whatever that did it. It was. He was was totally into that. And that's the cutest book. I love that book. I think I had that book when I was a little kid, too. It's from the 50s. Yeah, I, d- I definitely had that book. Anyway, um, autumn picnic is definitely something we should look into doing. We obviously need a buffalo plaid picnic blanket. Mm-hmm. People are very into buffalo plaid. Have you noticed this? Is that new? Ha- yes. I mean, I think it's tr- it's like a trend. Like, obviously, buffalo plaid has always been a, like around. I mean, I don't think... I don't it's never know. gone out of style, really, has it's it? It's never gone out of style, but I feel like it's like a thing. Like, people love it like harder than ever now. It's kind of like, for example, on Teen Mom 2, there's a character who used to be really into cheetah print. And she had, like, a lot of cheetah print stuff, like clothes and, like, decorative items in her house. And, like, whenever someone would, like, buy her a present, you know what I mean? Like, her dad bought her, like, a diaper bag and it was, like, cheetah print. Like, of course. And, you know what I mean? Like, she was, like, super into cheetah print. Now she's replaced that with buffalo plaid. Like, now she has, like, an unusual amount of buffalo plaid in her house. And she, like, wears buffalo plaid a lot. But it's, like, a thing. I think buffalo plaid is just, like, happening right now. It's one of those things where it just, like, it just feels so right to people right now. It's really... Possibly someone that, like, has, you know, some kind of a degree in, like, fashion patterns could, like, explain to us why it feels right to us right now. I don't even know why it does, but it just does. I mean, doesn't it feel good to you? Like, you imagine feeling, like, comfortable in, like, a buffalo plaid shirt, don't you? I love a buffalo plaid shirt. See? I had a plaid shirt, but it ripped. I know. I'm very sorry that happened. It was a sad day. It really was. Or what about, like, a buffalo plaid blanket and you're, like, outside on the porch or the patio or whatever, you know, you're in your outdoor space and it's just like a little chill is in the air and you kind of snuggle the blanket around yourself as you clutch a warm drink and you read your book. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the kind of thing that people that love fall want to do. Which brings me to another item on our list. We're going to get some furniture and some string lights for our patio. Mm-hmm. 
making making it that that much closer to us living out that fantasy. Yeah. Another thing that we could add to our list just to cross it off would be visiting the animal encounters barn. Oh, you mean because that's what we did today? Yes. We visited the animal encounters barn at Carn Prairie. We encountered several animals. Captain really encountered them? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's good that we went and did, you know, any outdoor activities we want to do. Not only are they the most enjoyable now, but we might not be able to do them when winter really sets in around us. It's true. We didn't make it to the Apple Store, though. Oh, and every time you say Apple Store, of course, for a second, I was like, Apple Store? I don't need we, didn't, we didn't go to the other Apple Store either. But. No, but you mean we didn't make it into there was a store there that sells various apples. But we didn't need to do that, though, because we went apple picking. I think the Apple Store is for, like, <clears throat> when you want the fresh... Bag of apples. Yeah, the fresh... Especially, they're, you know, somewhat freshly picked, and I think they're also going to be varieties that you can't usually get. Because that's, that's a really good thing about this time of year, too, is that... There's so many varieties of apples that you can get now that normally aren't available. Mm-hmm. And some of them taste a lot better than the normal, you know, boring apples at the store all the time. I read somewhere that Red Delicious is now not the most number one. I think it's like Macintosh is taking over. Interesting. I'm, I'm definitely a Granny Smith fan, though, if we're, if we're talking about the most typical apples. I like Granny Smith, too, but a lot of people think it's too tart. I love tart things. Yeah. I think most other apples are too sweet. And also, I don't like when apples get mealy, and a Granny Smith only gets mealy if things have gone really, really wrong. They're usually nice and crisp and tart. Mm-hmm. But it is nice being able to have, you know, some variety of apples around. I've got Halloween pajamas on the list. It's obviously... I love matching our kids' pajamas, and I got them both two sets of Halloween jams for the year. Yeah. Which, of course, I talked about in the clothing haul that I filmed for my um, YouTube channel recently. Yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, I suppose we do. Um, So, as you already know, obviously, since you're the one who encouraged me to do it, I've started my own YouTube channel. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell us about what we'll see if we watch your YouTube channel. It's a variety of content, mostly. At this point, mostly I have a few vlogs, which are basically just kind of like a diary or just kind of showing, like, our family life. Um, So I've shown a few things, like our kids' birthdays and just a few days out. I I think I actually actually do have one where I showed when we went to Connor Perry, which is the place we were just talking about. Um, I have a video from another time that we went there. So I have some stuff like that. And then I also have videos about um, shopping. Mostly I show clothes that I've gotten for our kids or clothes that I've looked at and thought about getting for our kids. And I also show um, some stuff that I've looked at in Target, like the Target dollar spot with all the Halloween decorations. So I do have a lot of great fall content because I've got... Like I said, I have a video about what the Target Dollar Spot is offering for fall decorations because that's a huge thing people like to go. I was just about to say those are your highest viewed videos so far. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then the one I just put up is um, a clothing haul, which is like a pretty typical kind of video that a lot of people do where they show clothes they bought. Mine is just kids kids clothes that we bought for the fall. Um, mm-hmm. so it's the kind of it's it's kind of the same content that I would have if I had a blog, but instead of blogging lately, I've been making videos. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to start making more content too. You know, I was like kind of figure out how to use my equipment and figure out, you know, what kind of content I like making the most. Like I want to do routine videos where you kind of show different parts of your day, like what your routine is. Cause those are the, some of the videos that I feel like I get the most value from. Cause it's like, for me, like one of the things that's drawn me to YouTube is like, I watch videos to get ideas about, you know, how other moms do things, how other moms are living and how to like, you know, structure your day. And so I want to make videos like that for other people too. See, I think that's interesting because I'm always saying, suggesting things. And you're always saying that like people want to see, like you're like, you can can never just start filming in the middle of the day, your day. You have to start from beginning to end, right? Um, Well, I think what you mean, I don't think you have to show your whole day, but I think what you mean is that... um, People want to see the entire process of getting from point A to point B. Well, 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 what I was getting at is I think you often want to suggest, like, if we go somewhere fun, you think I could just film, you know, like if we go to the zoo, you're imagining I would just film us being at the zoo and that would be the video. That's not totally what people want to see. I mean, people do want to see someone having fun at the zoo, for example, but they want to see the process of like, maybe, you know, what you had to do to get your family ready to go to the zoo a little bit, or or maybe, you know, how you picked out the clothes that you're going to wear, or maybe what you packed in the bag that you're taking with you, you know, like the snacks, the sunscreen, whatever you have for your kids. People want the details like that, because it's not just the entertainment of watching someone else's family have fun but i don't watch i I don't watch these things on my own and but i do do. and i'm saying like i don't watch these types i don't watch videos like when other i don't watch other people's vlogs just to see another family having fun i watch somewhat to see another family having fun but more specifically because i want to see you know how other people are living and kind of get ideas for how to do that it's more like how to do this like as a mom like Hmm. Because I'll see something that another mom does in the video and be like, you know, I should remember to do that. Like, you know, you see something another mom packs in her bag and think, you know, I should remember to always pack snacks. Or I should get that specific water bottle or that specific cooler or whatever. Or even just, you know, the way that another mom kind of deals with her kids and wrangles them and does things like that. Like how she talks to them and how she does things that can kind of give you ideas and then also i think just to see someone who even if they're not saying that they have it like all together Mm -hmm. if you see someone who seems like they have figured out how to make a certain event in their life or part of their life run you you know pretty smoothly that can be not only to give you ideas of how to do that yourself it's also just you know it's inspiring and uplifting to see content about, you know, people, you know, doing well and like creating the sort of lifestyle that they want to be living. And also I think the aesthetic, like if somebody has achieved the aesthetic that you want to be living, that also can like feel exciting and like good. It's like very, it's kind of like the same reason that you like to look at Insta, or maybe not you, but it's kind of one of the same reasons that I like to look at Instagram. 
you know, some of the accounts I follow, I just, I love the aesthetic that they've achieved and it feels so refreshing and uplifting to see someone whose life just seems like organized and like nicely like put together in that way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How is it to be not only a consumer now, but also a creator of that content? It's both exciting and challenging in different ways. I think sometimes when you love something, it's nice to be able to just love something and not feel like you have to produce the thing that you love. But I feel like I have this impulse and I don't know if this is just a natural impulse to me or if it's something that was instilled in me somehow. But I always like, whenever I like something, I always think that I need to like start making it myself. Um, and it's exciting in a way. Cause like I've been for a long time before I really took the step to like start trying to create content I'd kind of thought about it for a long time and wanted to do it and felt kind of really drawn into it. And I've been interested in filmmaking in other ways, you know, for a very long time. So maybe it was inevitable that I would end up, you know, getting back into filmmaking again in like a different way than what I, you know, maybe originally thought. Um, so it's really exciting, but at the same time, it does somewhat diminish the pure pleasure that you get from looking at other people's content when you're just a consumer of the content and not also a creator. So I think if you're just a consumer of the content, all the content has to do is be pleasing to you. If you're also a creator of the content, it can be pleasing to you, but you're also looking at it thinking like, you know, what would I do differently? What might I want to do the same? What about this would I like to emulate or what would I not like to emulate? You know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. it colors the way you're looking at the content I'm sure you feel this way about podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like before you started having your own podcast, I'm sure you just were able to just purely enjoy podcasts in a way. Whereas now I'm sure you're more critical both of, you know, what you notice a podcast doing not as well, but also maybe what you see them doing that you think like, I'd like to do that. Or, you know, just also you have a more of an idea of what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and it destroys kind of the seamlessness. It's kind of like, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a movie star. Like, I'm talking, like, little, little. Like, you know, when I was, like, six or seven. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, like around the time that I first, like, saw, like, Home Alone and Macaulay Culkin. And he was, like, a huge movie star. I wanted to be a movie star. And a lot of my reasoning behind that was that I kind of thought that when you were in a movie, you just... You know, they they made like the set and everything and they got all your costumes together and they got all the cast and they you memorize and I thought you would just memorize the whole script, kinda of like being in a play. And then you would just sort of live on set for however the duration of the movie and just sort of live the movie mm-hmm. until the conclusion, you know, from beginning to ending end straight through. That was kind of my concept of, you know, what it would be like to be in a movie. Mm-hmm. So really when I said I wanted to be a movie star, it was like I just wanted to live inside the movie. Because I didn't really have any concept or perspective on what the behind the scenes of making the movie would be like to me it was just like you to make a movie means you get to live in the movie and i think that that can translate to how we look at you know social media content as adults too because it's like if you're just consuming it like you look at someone's instagram and you just think that's what their life looks like and you don't really have to be aware of, like, whatever's going on behind the scenes or whatever they did to, like, curate that life mm-hmm. or, or that photo or, like, make it all look right, you know, together for their feed. 
But once you start creating it, you can never not be aware of that again. So not only are you aware of that when you're making your own content, you're always going to be aware of that too when you're looking at other people's content and you're not able to lose yourself in the content the way that you would mm. otherwise is I guess what I'm getting at. Do you, does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, also your content is your life. Yes. Which is different than if you're making like fiction or something. You know what I mean? So it's like everything is grist for the mill. I don't think everything is grist for the mill, though, because I feel like that's another thing. I mean, as a Not creator, everything. you're even more aware than ever of the fact that only some, even though if your content is your life, it sort of projects the idea that you're just like everything you do is content, but really as a creator you're very much aware of the fact that there's a lot of stuff you do that's not content that you're never making you're not ma doing it at to be content and you may never be showing it to anybody sure but if you do anything worthwhile you're always going to be like should i of course i mean that's true because there are, there have been times when i've thought like i don't want to try to like do this to like make a video or like an instagram or something but then if it turns out well you know what i mean like if i'm doing a project with the kids and then it's like turning out well of course i start thinking like maybe i should instagram this mm -hmm. you know even if originally it was just something i was doing with them for fun if it's like oh but you know or or you know like you know they're wearing an outfit and it's cute so then it's like maybe we should just quickly take a few tasteful photos of you wearing this outfit mm -hmm. you know exactly so yeah i mean that's definitely a thing i do think that like that doesn't mean nothing is safe though i think there's only certain kinds of content that I'm interested in making. You have told us that we have to look good all the time now. That's partially just... <laughs> well, but that, that goes back to one of the reasons that I started making videos or, you know, doing any sort of social media content. Is that part of what I feel inspired by when I look at other people's content is that, like... It's like these people have tried harder to, like, put themselves together and make things look good. And it's like... Of course, like everybody else, but especially I think this is the trap that, like, a stay-at-home mom can fall into. Where, you know, some days it's like you don't, you know, you're just in your pajamas all day and, like, you know, things are just kind of disheveled. And so it's inspiring when you watch a video of somebody that's, you know, totally, like, got up that morning and showered and dressed and did their makeup and, you know, got their kids ready and everybody's, like, looking cute and having fun. So to me, it's not just that I'm saying we need to look good all the time so that I can film us. I'm saying that, like, I want us to look good all the time anyway, so part of the reason I want to make content is to give myself more motivation to make us look good all the time, because that's what I really want, regardless of whether I was making the content about it or not. That's a good motivation. Especially because since I have rules that I've made for myself about how I portray people in photographs in general, like... I don't believe in taking pictures of people when they don't look good. So that means that sometimes, or if I take the pictures, I don't believe in sharing them. Everyone should be portrayed flatteringly. Mm -hmm. Like, if I take a picture of you, if I don't think you look good in the picture, you can trust that I'm not going to, like, put it on Facebook. I understand that. But I think that that should, be, that should inspire confidence in a way, because I take a lot of pictures... But you should never feel nervous for me to photograph you because you should know that if you don't look good, no one will ever see the picture. And I'm saying, like, I feel like if you 
if you didn't know that about me, maybe you would feel nervous when I take a picture because you'd be like, oh, do I look bad? And then is, are people going to like see this? And I'd rather they didn't. But I feel like hopefully you don't have to worry about that because you know that I won't post a picture unless I think you look good. I understand. And I mean, I have the same standard for our kids. Like, I have plenty of like unflattering photos of them that like will never be going anywhere. But I won't put a picture of them on Instagram or on like Facebook or something unless they look good. Mm hmm. But also, you don't want to put anyone else's kids on. I just think it's in poor taste to put anyone else's kids on social media. But what about if it's like a crowd situation? That makes filming in crowds very difficult. Mm -hmm. But I generally try to avoid showing other people. I try to avoid showing other people at all, but I specifically avoid showing children. Like, I never, like, take pictures of, like... Like, if our kids are playing with other kids, I'm not going to, like, take a picture and post that on Instagram. I think YouTube even asks you about that now. Are these your own kids? Yeah. Or yeah, because they want... There's, like, a box you have to check now. Yeah, no, I know. They just want to discourage you from putting other people's kids on the internet. I, I feel like people... <laughs> a noble cause, if I've ever heard I feel like people still do it, though, because everyone has yeah. their own standards. So I feel like it is generally frowned upon to just post videos of other people's kids unless you know that they're okay with it. But even people that I think would probably be okay with it, I just feel like I'd rather not go there. Sure. But I think your videos are good. Thank you. I'm excited. I mean, since I love fall so much, I feel like my fall content is like off to a good start. And hopefully it's just going to get better and better. So hopefully mm -hmm. um, people will want to check that out and you know subscribe to my channel. It's just Ash Burgess. Which is nice. It's not like I have like some weird channel name or anything. Wow. Yeah. Surprised you got it. I think that like I signed up for a lot of various social media platforms. I mean, because my Instagram is also just Ash Burgess, which I'm really happy about that. But I was a really early adopter of Instagram, and it paid off, and that I get to use my own name. I'm never the first Rob Burgess. I think if you just struck sooner, you could be. <laughs> Maybe not. The problem not. is one of us was the head of a giant software company. Oh, no. But, I mean, like, when we first got on Facebook, surely there weren't too many other Rob Burgesses on there. There was at least one. So I didn't get a Rob Burgess. That's too bad. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, you're not even the first Rob Burgess. No, wait. I, maybe I did get Rob Burgess on Facebook. Well, I've got a business profile and a personal profile. I'm thinking maybe my personal one is Rob Burgess. Maybe it is. I don't know. Or, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if they even, like, still... I feel like it was a big deal when it was, like, choose your whatever mm -hmm. domain name or whatever. And now they might have even just, like, taken those away. I don't even know what's ever has happened with that. Mm. Um, but going back to the videos and also going back to the Halloween... Or not Halloween, sorry... The fall bucket list. Another item on our bucket list, and which I'm hoping to make a video about, is um, Halloween books. So every season I like to get books for our kids. You know, seasonal books. And so, you know, fall and Halloween. And I'm hoping to do a video for my YouTube channel where I talk about, like, you know, the best fall and Halloween books for kids. Mm -hmm. It's something where I've, I haven't really seen any videos like that, but I've seen tons of blog posts. But I think I could totally make it a video. So I want to do that, and then 
at a different time in my life, I used to always try to read a Halloween book too myself. Mm. Now I just, I don't think I have time to commit to that this year, but I used to like to read, you know, like something scary, like, you know, I'd reread Frankenstein or Dracula or um, Rebecca or something like that, you know. Probably get that on the Kindle. Yeah, but I just... No, I get it. I have time to read, you know, at night when I'm like up feeding Emerald. I, I do have some time to read, but... I still feel like my reading for pleasure time is at such a premium that anymore I can't really bring myself to reread anything. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about like kids books that I miss, you know, with being a kid, even beyond like storybooks, I feel like I would reread novels so many times. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, you know, if something was like my favorite book, I might reread it. But generally, it's like I just don't even feel like I have the time that I can ever justify to myself rereading something instead of reading something new in, like, the sliver of time that I have for personal reading. Mm-hmm. Also, another reason that I don't know if I can read anything for my, you know, Halloween reading this year is that as far as scary things go, I do get a little bit... I get more scared reading than I do watching movies. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know if I want to be reading scary stories in the middle of the night. For my middle of the night reading, I have to find things that kind of hit the sweet spot between. It has to be engaging enough to keep me awake. Mm -hmm. But still relaxing enough that as soon as I'm able to go back to sleep, I can. I don't want something where it's like engaging and keeping me awake. And then I'm like laying there shivering in the dark for like the next hour instead of sleeping and then I like miss my time to sleep (laughs) yeah but someday I will return to my own you know Halloween reading or fall fall reading autumnal things count too it doesn't have to just be Halloween I feel like we focused a lot on Halloween here because obviously that's like a huge thing for us but we do like other aspects of the fall Mm mm-hmm Um, enjoying an outdoor fire is another thing I'd like to do this year. I feel like we've avoided fires. Well, I really miss fires, though, because there's been other times in my life when we spent a lot of times around a fire. Both, like, at another time in our life, we used to spend a lot of time, like, at, like, in, like a camp, not a campfire, because we weren't camping, but, you know, an outdoor fire. Um, just, you know, hanging out with friends and that was good times. And also, you know, in my earlier life, like in my childhood, I spent a lot of time around outdoor fires and those were some good times too. It's just, we don't have our own fire pit where we live now. And that kind of is holding us back. And then also with like tiny kids, I feel like it's usually like, usually I think to have a fire once it's already dark outside and by then they're usually in bed and since we don't have our own fire pit we can't like just leave them to go to the fire pit and I also kind of worry about like smoke and stuff if I'm like holding like a tiny baby like right beside the fire like so it just it just hasn't really worked out as much lately mm-hmm. but theoretically it is something I'd like to do yeah babies don't really like large fires <laughs> yeah maybe maybe <laughs> no Another thing I had on my list is going to an Oktoberfest, and we've already crossed that one off. We've been to a German fest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, sorry, I guess I was Wait, thinking no, Oktoberfest. Was that? was that a German fest or an Oktoberfest no. that we went to? I feel bad and, no. like, a little racist that we don't know. 
We should yeah, definitely. It's not that bad. Oktoberfest is still German. Right? I think that yes, I think the thing we so went spell to it with a K instead of a C. I think the thing we went to was a German fest. Sure about that. Well, because okay, we went to several we went festivals. Oktoberfest. Okay, well, the thing was tricking you up is that we went to an Irish fest and a Greek fest. And so then but, I thought German Fest, but really it was an Oktoberfest. You're you're right, it was an Oktoberfest because we talked about the fact that it was happening in September, and we were like, "Why isn't this happening in October?" Yeah, but it was funny because there was another one in a nearby city that was also happening on the same night, and neither was October. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit confused about. Does Oktoberfest not equal Festival of October? Maybe it's like once the equinox or whatever, the 21st or, you know, whatever it's fall, first day of fall, it's like open season. You know, that's a good point. Maybe it is actually more of a beginning of fall festival, not an Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. I thought I saw her movie. Yeah, Yeah, no, you're probably right. That probably explains it all. Mm -hmm. So it's like a name of a month, so you think. Yeah, exactly. It just sounds like, okay, this should be a fest that's happening in October. But anyway, we went to one already. and Still not there October. Was, <laughs> we had some criticism for the music because I think it said it was going to be polka music, but then... Then they started playing, like, Money, Money, Boss tones, and, like, which is fine. I but think they just had polka-ish instruments because they had an accordion and some kind of, like, a, whatever the brass, like, section that they had going on was. There's a, you know, there's a lot of instrumental crossover between polka and, uh, you know, swing revival and ska music. You know what I mean? But like it just time you get a brass not, section. It didn't feel together. as polka-ish as I think what we were promised. I mean, of course, when I hear polka, I am imagining it's going to be like polka, 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 that band headed up by John Candy. And, well, they um, did play one song, not John Candy, but uh, in Groundhog Day, the song that they play when Bill Murray's coming out to Pennsylvania Polka, you know. Pennsylvania Polka. Yes, but that's what I'm... That's... I think that's what I'm gearing up for when someone tells me I'm going somewhere to hear Polka. So then, even though I actually love Mighty Mighty Boston's, if suddenly they're just kind of playing a Mighty Mighty Boston's cover, I feel like I'm not getting the full Polka experience that I've been promised. Yeah. And I mean, you know how much I love my Mighty Boston. It's mostly because I love Clueless. Yes. But then they're playing Live and Love Vida Loca, and then it's like, okay. Yeah, and it's like, how far are we from Poke at this point? Tap the brakes. Moving on, we want to go visit those bones. Do you know the name of the bones at the Newfields? Funky Bones, maybe? Yes, that is the name of the bones at the Newfields. It's a famous. I guess you wouldn't call it a single sculpture. Is it a sculptural it's an installation? installation? Yeah, outdoor installation. It's a, a kind of a giant, sort of funny-looking skeleton, and you can walk around on like the different bone pieces. And it was featured in case any of your listeners have ever seen the movie. Um, what was that very sad movie, The Fault in Our Stars? Yes. It was featured in that very sad movie. Because that book and movie was, are set in Indianapolis. Because I believe is the does the writer still live here or did he just used to live here? John, John Green, Green yeah. still lives here. Yeah. So anyway, that book is set in the area, and there's like a sad part 
with those bones. But anyway, I think that we've been wanting to get out to see the bones anyway. And what better time than the Halloween season to see something involving bones? Definitely. And the new fields is super nice. It's got like a huge outdoor space to visit all kinds of like gardens and stuff. So, so I didn't see more of that. Um. All right. What else did you want to talk about when it comes to the splendors of autumn? What have we talked about and not talked about on your bucket list? We've hit up most of the items on here, I think. Um, we haven't really talked about, of course I have watching spooky movies after the kids are in bed. Um, we've talked about spooky movies a lot in the past on the podcast. Mm-hmm. What, if you had to just off the top of your head say, what what's like that? Halloween viewing that you're most excited for this year? I don't know. We need to get on that. We've been doing pretty well. I feel like last weekend we accidentally fell asleep while we were watching um, Stir of Echoes and then it felt like maybe not successful. But I feel like the weekend before that we somehow watched like three movies. We did? Yeah. I thought we just fell asleep watching Jurassic Park. No, we watched Jurassic Park, but we also... Yes, we didn't totally make it through Jurassic Park. I don't think we made it through Jurassic Park 2, either. No, but we did see, like, several other spooky movies, didn't we? What? I remember thinking we had seen them, just because I can't remember what they were. Does it mean they didn't happen? Um... It's not a good sign that we can't remember what they were. Oh, Piranha? Yes! That was, that, was, that was good viewing right there. But what 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 else? Not just Piranha, right? There was one other movie that we saw. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. My brain has like gone too much, but uh, that um, Lizzie Borden. Lizzie. Yes, we watched that Lizzie Borden movie. Lizzie, in fact, was the same. And that was, I, I was counting that as Halloween viewing. Which I think actually just came out here yesterday. I think I think so. We got to see it early because you got a screener, which was awesome. I did. You should experience more perks like that. Yeah. I, I feel like it's good. Um, but yeah, I counted that as Halloween viewing since I feel like Lizzie Borden is such a, like, I bet there's some people that are wearing Lizzie Borden like, Halloween costumes. Especially this year. Kristen Stewart was in that movie, yeah. so... Yeah. But even before then, I feel like if you were the kind of person that, like, Tweely sews their own Halloween costume, that would be, like, the kind of costume you might consider. Because it's, like, just, like, it's Halloweenish enough because the story is so grisly and so known. At the same time, though, a lot of people aren't going to know what your costume is, and they're going to be like, what are you? And you're going to be like, obviously, I'm... You know what I mean? Do you see my axe? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, I counted that as Halloween viewing. I think that, I mean, obviously tonight, I don't think we're going to have time to watch anything, but tomorrow we need to at least watch something mm-hmm. to like stay on track. We did watch a little bit of The Office Halloween episodes the other day, though. Mm-hmm. And that's not spooky movies, but that is like seasonal viewing that we look forward to every year. You watched uh, Dawson's Creek? I did. I watched a like spooky Dawson's Creek episode the other day. Um... Of course, there's always How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, oh, there's tons of good... Is it Friends? No? Friends doesn't... Friends has one Halloween episode, I think, and it has Sean Penn in it, and it's, like, kind of sad and, like, not that good. No, but there's lots of shows that I like that you don't necessarily like that have good Halloween feelings, so I can... Like Gossip Girl? You keep mentioning Gossip Girl, and, like, I don't even think that they have a good Halloween episode. 
think you're thinking of Pretty Little Liars. They have great Halloween episodes. Um, but no, there's plenty of good stuff like that to look forward to. And then there's some Thanksgiving viewing, you know, around the corner too. Let's not give Thanksgiving the shaft. Like what? Pieces of April. And? Tons of great, oh, planes, trains, and automobiles, which I think we kind of mentioned before mm-hmm. almost. At least we mentioned John Candy before. Mm-hmm. And then there's great, that was great, great Thanksgiving TV though. Mm. Um... Gossip Girl, as you kept mentioning before incorrectly, Gossip Girl has great Thanksgiving episodes. I was wrong. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, I'm just saying Gossip Girl has some good Thanksgiving friends. Great Thanksgiving episodes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Is there anything else you want to talk about? All the splendors of life. No. All of them? <laughs> no, I mean, I think... I feel like we talked about pretty much everything on our list. And I feel like this episode's gone pretty well. Good. Oh, we should know. You know what we forgot to talk about? What? We bought some pumpkin spice flavored marshmallows to try. No. But Never they speak were, of them again. <laughs> they were very gross. Well, we wanted to have something to try... <clears throat> I want to say, I keep wanting to say on air, but I mean, obviously we're just, you know, pre-recording this. It's not really on air, but we wanted to have something to try as we recorded, you know, kind of a, we taste it so you don't have to scenario or we taste something pumpkin spice flavored, but they were really nasty. Terrible. It was like eating like a very low quality, like it kind of like, like, like they tasted the way the room smells if you were to burn, like, a fall-scented candle, but that you bought it, like, the dollar store, and that, like, is not very good, and then it kind of, like, leaves, like, a lingering, not, like, a good smell, but, like, you can kind of tell that there were some spices involved. That's how they tasted. Bad. They were very bad. Packing peanuts. Yeah, we should, we should not eat those again. Speaking of eating things, did you put the soup away? It should definitely we'll see you next time on the Robert <laughs> <laughs>
If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.